You are listening to Subtle Disruptors Melbourne. This is the first series of the podcast, Subtle Disruptors, telling the stories of those who are quietly having an amazing positive impact on their city and the world. I honestly don't know the answer though. I honestly have no idea. I'm terrified most of the time. (laughs) Writing is something that I evolved into. I've done quite a few things over the years and I'm getting better at it still and hopefully I'll keep getting better at it. Despite the massive amounts of technological change we have all experienced over our lifetimes, there is an ancient craft that we all still do, write. My guest today is Max Olichnik from The Good Copy, a writing agency that started with a catchy name and a pressing question. Can we create a viable and impacting business that produces, cultivates and celebrates writers and good writing? I am Adam Murray. And thanks for joining me today as I learn about this agency that is subtly helping us become excellent writers, one well-placed apostrophe at a time. He kind of manages to get stuff out of people that they wouldn't otherwise share on on regular media or something. And um, yeah, he famously, uh, it's been voted the best podcast of all time with uh, one he did with Louis C.K., the comedian. Um, who's an old friend of his and they'd fallen out and they um, threw a lot of things but a lot to do with Mark Maron's resentment of Louis' success. Yeah. And then Louis kind of put it back on him and said, look, people who are successful really need good friends and it's not my fault that you're not as successful as me (laughs) and, you know, you're an asshole. (laughs) And they basically... uh, talked it out and yeah. by the end they were on kind the of, podcast yeah they were yeah. kind of friends by the end again wow yeah and it's really beautiful and you know louis starts crying at one point like trying describing the birth of his child and yeah yeah it's just beautiful you know and that made me think oh, such a good medium yeah you know? yeah yeah i think it is too and that's interesting you should bring that up because i think part of what i want to do for this is actually give the people I'm talking with an opportunity to stop and pause and reflect mm. on their story as well. Mm. I think it's good for everyone. Like the listeners ends up getting, you know, a really good conversation to listen to. But then the people involved, oh, I get a lot out of it from talking to people as well. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I feel like, and, and just like what we were speaking with, Frunch and Penny, who are the directors of the company. Yeah. And like any business, it's, it's all about the day-to-day and being concentrating on what's next and what you have to get done yeah and perspective is a thing that can very easily be lost yeah um if you're busy and and when you define your sort of success or how things are going by how busy you are you just tend to get busier and busier yeah and that perspective may never occur until you until you are forcibly stopped or removed from the situation. Um, yeah, I don't know. Perspective is a funny thing. Yeah, sometimes it takes quite a crisis to get that perspective as well. Yeah, yeah a crisis or a, yeah, a, 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 a change or a forceful sort of shift or a halt or something. Yeah, yeah like or even a, a sickness or an injury mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, well, and also for me, I've, um, I have a, a little boy and he's like a year old now and that's forcibly removed me from a big 
part of of this sort of world mm. in a way like I can't just have one foot in one foot out all the time I can I have to kind of be like that's my my thing now and I have and this this has to fit in with that rather than my home life kind of fitting in with my work yeah yeah how's how has that change been like have you I'm still adjusting to be honest yeah yeah it's um it's 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 pretty dramatic. Do you have children? Yeah, I've got two. Yeah, I've got, got a three-year-old and a five-year-old. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, well, you, you know better than me. It's, um, it's incredible. Uh, and it's different to what I expected. And mm. I kind of... I knew that... It, I, I knew it would be a really profound change in my life, but I, I'm the kind of person who doesn't like to prepare too much before something mm. because I know I'm conscious of the fact that I don't know what anything's going to be like when I get there yeah um, and I sort of took that approach also because I'm lazy or <laughs> whatever but I kind of took that approach to having a, a, a kid in a way I was like I, I know this is going to be crazy but I don't I, I'm, I'm okay with the fact that I don't know what it's going to be like yeah um, and so it has been it has been massive and it's 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 made things kind of different but kind of the same and yeah but yeah I still don't know what's going on it's been a year it's only been a year (laughs) yeah I probably can I'll probably have to stop saying that soon (laughs) I mean I'm saying it's only been five years (laughs) (laughs) yeah do you notice though that has there been, um, say, an enhancement to the way that you work or a, a diminishment of the way you work? Or is it just different? Have you noticed any changes there? Yeah, the way I work, personally, um, has changed. There's been the... Things have been enhanced in some ways because I have a bunch of new material to work with, I suppose, <laughs> as a writer. Yeah. Um, but then there's the, the diminishment of my time to work and to faff about on things. Yeah. Um, and faffing about with things is a big part of being a writer, I think, <laughs> or being a crappy writer like I am. Um, so I've had to... The discipline that I thought I had with my writing has had to be reassessed. And um, and I think... I've, I think I've, I've found something there, but... It, it, as I said, it's still in, yeah. in pro, a work in progress and fitting it all in. I think, like, I'm, I have these sort of disparate parts of my life that have been kind of like their own entities for a long time and now I have mm. to kind of bring them together a bit more. Yeah, try yeah. to integrate them all. Do you know that feeling? I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's something that that's quite difficult because all those parts are quite resistant to the other parts in a way. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Yeah. This past year I've gone through, you know, a really big exercise in that actually. I've taken a gap year from the work that I was doing because the work I was doing was quite disparate from, I guess, other aspects of of my life and the way I wanted to live. And I had to take a moment to pause and and reevaluate all that stuff. Mm. I guess it happened 
it probably started actually when I had kids and it mm. sort of taken five, six years to percolate all the way through. Mm. Yeah. So your work was different to what you were actually interested in? Yeah, and stuff. totally. And yeah. But it was providing you with an income yeah. and like a meaning for getting through the week and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's, that's cool. I, I feel like my work here at the Good Copy is really directly connected to what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so that's a really good thing. Mm. Um, but it's still, there's still a bit of work to do in terms of making it fit in with where I'm going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm very lucky in that respect. Yeah. That this position has sort of was sort of created for me. Okay. And and it's up to me to sort of shape it. Yeah. Which is which is great, but also kind of can I swear? <laughs> kind of yeah. fucked because um I like structure. I think that's something I've learned. I like structure to be given to me. And if everything's sort of free and open, I kind of get a bit lost. And I used to, I, I, that's something I didn't know about myself. Yeah. And so I like to be, have some structure imposed on me somewhat. Um, and that helps me work. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm, I'm trying to do at the moment too. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's, let's come back to that in a sec. And let's talk about the good copy and where yeah. we're actually sitting today. It's... Mm-hmm. It seems like um, we're in Fitzroy, or Collingwood, sorry, Melbourne. Collingwood, yeah, technically yep. Collingwood, yes. Uh, we're in a, let me describe it, it's, it's like an old, the, the ground level of an old warehouse. Yeah. Um, very high ceilings, lots of concrete, and it's full of furniture and tables and whiteboards, and we're sitting here by ourselves. Yeah. Where are we? We are, we are this is, it's actually a very fitting place to do this interview, I think. Um, this is the new space for the good copy shop and school um, and various other things that we're involved in. This is our function space and our, the space that we present to the world. Um, upstairs is our office yeah. and our office is fully functional now but we have just moved from just two doors down the road on Johnson Street from our previous digs that was uh, a, a combined studio shop school launch event space everything um which has been great we've been there for the last two years but this is a much bigger space and it's two levels so the the different parts of of our business are now sort of more physically separated um however we are in this point where yes there's lots of boxes everywhere there's nothing really down here at the moment yeah it all looks very confusing (laughs) um and it is uh so the next big job is to turn this space into uh, that functional sort of versatile space that we need. Yeah. Um, I think we've, we've already run a couple of events in here and it, it's been fantastic, but there's a lot of work to do over the next couple of months. Um, we're looking to relaunch the shop early okay. next year. Yeah. Um, we were just going to open it again. Like all our all our cupboards are all on wheels. We just wheeled them up the street. We could just put them together again and <laughs> put some books on the shelves and stuff. But Penny Penny suggested that you know you can only really open a shop once, 
<laughs> and, uh, and even though we have opened it before, to reopen it, we don't want to go, go about it half-assed. So we're yeah. going to take a little break and take a little time to reflect and yeah, put things together again. Yeah. 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 So this is yeah, ground zero, I suppose. Yeah. I remember the first time I came across the Google copy, actually, I was walking along Johnson Street and just one of my random wanderings one afternoon and I saw the sign and I popped in and I was just thinking, man, this place looks fascinating, but I'm not sure exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get a lot of the, that kind of um, glazed kind of like, whoa, what is this? You know, well, a lot of people asking for photocopies really? um, or prints, you know, like, can you print this for us? And, no. Not a copy shop. Um, yeah, it's it's a you know we we all have a sort of set um, response to people who come in and say <laughs> what is this place because that's most a lot of the people coming in. Yeah. Um, and I always say, well, essentially we're a bookshop, um, and we're a library, um, so we we have an area that people are welcome to come in and read books and work from. Um, so that is what we are for, for a customer walking in off the street. Yeah. Um, but we are also a writing studio. We, we run, um, we run school like punctuation and grammar classes. Okay. We, we do various other events. We, we we try to foster a, a, our own kind of literature like writing community in Melbourne um, and all those parts kind of hopefully work together yeah and we're a publisher okay I always f forget bits of it but ostensibly to the person walking in off the street to our shop we are a shop yeah yeah you yeah. can buy stuff yeah 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 um, yeah I did get that sense when I first walked in as well. And there were some very cool books yeah, good to books. look at as well. Yeah, yeah, awesome books. Books that I hadn't really seen before, not coming from a writing background. Myself. Right, right. Yeah, well, a lot of them are um, books that, books and magazines that we, we like or that we have written for or contributed to. Yeah. Um, a couple of them are our own publications. Um, and we, we sort of consciously said about we didn't want them all to be about writing or you know just just be writing books uh, although we do have a reference section of style guides dictionaries mm. that kind of stuff yeah um we have really nice photography books you know good architecture magazines um skateboarding zines things that are exciting to us yeah. and have good writing in them yeah don't necessarily have to be about writing um, okay. And that's what we've sort of focused on. Um, yeah, we wanted stuff that we liked, essentially. I think that's how most cool things are done, is when people just do stuff that they like. And it's not too, you know, thought out. It's not too calculated. Yeah. I think there's something in that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think when people sort of sit around going, what kind of business can we do? Know, where, how, how can we trick people into giving <laughs> yeah, this money? That's right. That is so the wrong way to do it. Yeah. If you just do what you like or you, what you're really into, there's that that passion and energy comes through. And even if people aren't necessarily writers or interested in what you're 
doing, they'll get that vibe from it. Yeah. And they'll kind of maybe engage with it or they might be like, ah, finally I'm home, you know? Um, yeah, there's, I think there's something to that. Mm. So is that how the good copy got started? Were a bunch of people sitting around thinking, <laughs> I'd really like to put all my favorite books together and sell them. I think, look, I came in, I came in at several points, but uh, Penny Modra, who is the editorial director of the company, she came up with the name. I remember her telling me the name, the good copy, like, I guess nearly five, ten years ago or something. Like, she just always had this idea. Um, she didn't know exactly what it was, was going to be, but she's like, that's what it's going to be called. And it's like, that, that is a good name. Um, we used to work together on um, an online city guide called The Thousands, 3000. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And Penny was the editor. Um, Frunch was also involved in that company. Um, and we, Penny gave me a job. I started out as a contributor and I ended up as the associate editor. And we worked together really well and just pumped out this newsletter every week. Every week, some new place would open. Every week, we'd write about it. Every Sometimes, like, a hundred events we'd write up and mm. all these things. And so engaged with the city and so using all our contacts and every favour that we could call in and just this frantic kind of... like a like the a sort of a distorted version of the newsroom that you'd see on in a movie or whatever <laughs> like it often felt like I was part of one of those sort of montages yeah. you know with a <laughs> a motivational kind of song going <laughs> um so we we were always we worked together really well we were we were part of this thing um which was really good but really exhausting as well and and also something that both Penny and I didn't really have a stake in. We were just kind of running. And and also something that really didn't make as much money. Um, you know, we could ba- barely kind of pay the rent on the wage that we were both getting. Um, and so I moved on. I got another job as a writer. And um, a couple of years on, I I knew that the, the situation at Right Angle, the 3000, where we used to work, had changed and, and Penny finally left after seven years or something. And um, yeah, I'd, I, was, I was working, I had a good job, um, full-time job as a, as a writer and editor. Um, but then Penny sort of explained what she was thinking of doing with the good copy and how she had this idea that good writers, like our kind of good writers, could make a decent living writing commercial copy part-time in a good environment with people they got along with and could have a laugh with and didn't have to be silent and we could build a kind of community around it and have a shop that basically was what we were into and we could do events and we could maybe do some other stuff, you know, we could do lessons and we could do everything but essentially we were getting paid well we had a we'd have a structure that would you know foster our our goals and our like if we wanted to 
publish something ourselves, if we wanted to, all the people involved in it wouldn't have to look elsewhere for stuff because ambition's a big part of being a writer or being a creative person. And I think it was that idea that we could, we could help, we could help with those ambitions while giving a kind of a stable, you know, like while not ignoring the elephant in the room, which is everyone has to pay the rent and, yeah. and, and it has to sort of live above the poverty line. Yeah. And writing isn't, writing creatively isn't necessarily a way to do that, mm. at least in the, the short term. So getting good clients and doing good, crea- good, good commercial copy, um, which is a, a good way, like a good tangible way to make money as a writer, but in a good environment. Um, that was her idea and so she kind of <laughs> said do you want to come and help me with that and I was like damn it <laughs> <laughs> it took me a couple of weeks but I just started this like pretty good job and I was like man okay yeah I'm in mm. yeah I, I just had to do it couldn't so, say no to it yeah 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 so that was sort of the start of the good copy as it is now yeah and that was was it like two uh, I lost count like two or three years ago now yeah 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 mm. So, you, so to put it into my own words, there's a bunch of people who work together who, who write copy for mm. organizers. It's like a, a copy agency or a, yeah. Yeah, a copy agency in that way. They also, you guys at work, they also like doing your own writing, creative writing or other writing on the side yep. as well. You, you form, you've formed or you're forming a community of writers in Melbourne as well to create a space for them to come and learn about writing and I guess support each other and help each other grow. Yeah, and people who are into it as well. Yeah. 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 So it was sort of like around, like we all love going to art openings and, you know, I never go to gigs anymore, but I used to. And just going to things, like there's this real thing, especially in Melbourne, I think, of going to launches and events and openings and supporting creative people and not necessarily if you don't might not necessarily be an artist but you go to art openings and engage with it and we wanted to create that feeling around writing as well yeah and publishing and and for it not to be this sort of quiet like backroom kind of you know kind of thing (laughs) like to have a an exciting feeling around it and a funny feeling around it as well like not too earnest yeah and not too daggy not saying that everything else around writing is like that, but we just wanted to do our own version of it. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, what, what types of people are you starting to attract mm. around Melbourne? Well, it's, it's quite, a, quite a varied group. I mean, we do all these different kinds of openings and launches and stuff, and that's when you can really gauge our crowd, I suppose. But we have our regulars, you know, and we have... Uh, I think we have a really nice mix of... Uh, young writers, um, young, just the, the people, all the people that go to all the art openings and stuff, which are, who are really quite an interesting bunch, yeah. who are really, you know, engaged with what's going on in Melbourne, and you know, we get all the skaters come come along, yeah. who are my people, yeah, and. They also love free free drinks. Who <laughs> uh, doesn't? But they they but they're all very they they're very respectful. You know, um, I think there's this perception of certain groups of like oh 
you know, they're going to cause trouble or something, but they're not. They're just young people who are, you know, together. Yeah. And, um, and I think, yeah, they're great. And then we get, you know, um, people of all ages coming in. We've had, um, I guess it, it's, it's a, a lot of good, a lot of writers, a lot of, a lot of people who are just attracted by the energy of it, a lot of passers by. It's it's a real mix. Yeah. 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 Um, it's it's not something I've ever heard of anywhere else before. Mm. Like doing what you're doing and what you were talking about in terms of drawing people to celebrate good writing or mm. it's like you say, like you do that for an opening of a shop perhaps or a an art exhibition or a cafe or yeah. a restaurant but yeah to draw people around writing it's it's uh, it's unique I think well yeah I mean there are other things like that that do somewhat similar things in different parts of the world okay um, like you know there's I think for writing because partly because it's quite badly paid I think there has to be this quite inventive thinking around making it a tangible part of your life rather than just sort of going, oh, maybe one day I'll write my novel or something like that. Like yeah. actually trying to make it work and, and engaging like young people and introducing sort of an education kind of aspect to it um, is sort of, you kind of, if you follow that trajectory of wanting to be a writer and wanting to do your own thing, that's sort of what will happen is that you'll kind of find a way of combining a couple of things. Um, but I suppose it is pretty unique in a lot of ways, the structure that we've made. Um, I mean, we didn't sort of model it on anything. Mm. We just kind of thought if we did it all together, it might work. Yeah. 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 But again, it's just about doing what we like doing because writing's really hard and it's quite a solitary activity but if you can make it sort of celebrated a little bit elevated but in the right way rather than sort of just you know letting it fall into the background um, and also just showing that it's not just for the literary community it's for everybody because everyone reads whether it's just messages on their phone or you know, books at night or the newspaper or whatever, yeah. like social media. It's it's a way that we're all constantly engaging with communication and that's essentially what we do. And it's when it's done well it's really good and people people know good writing when they read it. Yeah. And it's it's something that should be sort of celebrated I think and kind of pushed. Yeah. Yeah. And if and if we're not gonna do it then who is, you know. And everybody writes. Everybody well. writes. Whether everybody it's a text writes. message or an email or a mm -hmm. blog. And that's a, that's a lot to do with uh, when we decided to start doing classes. You know, we, we could... We, and, and a lot of people were asking for like, oh, I just want to know how to write. I just want to know, you know, I want to be a writer. Can you tell us how to be a writer? And, and sure, there are things that... You, we could do we, we started thinking about doing a series on you know so you want to be a writer kind of thing but the first thing that we wanted to do to empower people was to reintroduce or maybe introduce for the first time the rules of punctuation and grammar which have been 
were abandoned by the education, the public education system, you know, in the 70s. And it's something that we all kind of intrinsically know or know through our reading and whatever, but no one's really sure of unless you've studied it. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hopeless with punctuation and grammar. I've only, I've learned a few things through doing the course, but yeah. um, we thought that would be a really good way of empowering people yeah. and, and take away some of that confusion and that anxiety around writing totally. and knowing yeah. like, have I put that apostrophe in the right place? I don't know. And, and you get that all the time with social media and stuff. You're like, have I just made myself look like an idiot? Yes. And I think that guy's wrong, but I don't want to say, and you know, I, 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 I don't want to be misunderstood, mm. you know, and taking that away a little bit. We thought that was a good sort of stepping off point for everybody. And that's what our, our classes aren't for necessarily for professional writers. They're for anybody who would like to look into that. I think that's an amazing place to start because, because you know, if you can take away that anxiety when people are writing the most basic thing, they can focus on the content of what they're writing as opposed to all the baggage that they carry with that as well. It's very distracting, the, yeah. the anxiety of whether you're writing correctly or not. And, you know, I, as a, as a writer, I've, you know, my own understanding of it and I've often, even with Penny, I'll write something and send it to her as an editor and she'll, you know, edit it and send it back and go, oh, I changed that and I changed, I put in M dashes and, you know, you, you really should use this kind of quote mark and stuff and I'll just be like, yeah, thanks, man, you know, whatever, cheers. But, you know, thinking that was separate to the actual act of writing, that was just sort of the mechanics of it. But when you actually understand how parenthetical commas and punctuation and stuff work and why the apostrophe is there and why it shouldn't be used and stuff, it actually empowers you and like frees you up a little bit. Mm. And it makes, it gives you a structure to work within and it, and it makes the, the actual act of writing something a little more doable. It's French. Um, mm. It makes me think about something else too, and um, you might have a, a comment on this as a creative person, but a lot of people who are creatives talk about certainty anchors and routines and habits, like things that, I guess, structure their day and put, um, put signals in their day or routinize their day so that the things that are just the mundane things are ritualized and that leaves these big spaces to go into the uncertain and often murky and unstructured world of creativity. Mm, mm. I think that's a really important, um, it's an important part of being a creative person is having those uncertain, murky kind of those is 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 recognizing that there has to be time for that it can't just be you know it can't just occur it has to be given space and yeah you're right there should be to 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 allow to allocate certain times for that for the things that need to be done and then letting that space out 
is a really important part of working and and it's something that we try to respect and and make room for here at the good copy like if if you find that you you work better on this certain job from home you, you do that or if you need a day you know of of just working in the office you do that and if you need help just coming up with something if you're in a bad mood and you kind of you know like we get that we get it yeah i think and and we tried i've really consciously tried to to enforce not enforce but like cultivate that feeling in the office and i think it's just naturally happened anyway but we try not to take anything too seriously and we try to respect each other's ways different ways of working and we respect that we might all be di at different points in our day um yeah it's it's sometimes really hard thing to achieve though i think yeah particularly when you're busy and you have all this stuff to do so the mundane stuff just takes up the whole day <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then you're just living a mundane life <laughs> yeah so you started to talk a little bit about the role that you've been given here or the mm -hmm. the un and the unstructured nature of that can you elaborate on that a little bit yeah, okay so my official title is creative director and i and penny deliberately was sort of like listen you're not going to have to do that much of the copywriting because i actually knew that i was sort of burnt out on that or that's what i was doing at my other job uh, she's like you don't have to do that much of that essentially you just got to make this make make sure that this thing is good and make sure that everything we put out is is good and has a good feeling about it and because and you know penny is the kind of person who is incredibly hard working and she knew that she'd get bogged down in it or not bogged down but as she said she's down in the coal mines a lot yeah and she just she knew that i could and so yeah i, I a lot of my work i use her as the, the sort of as my inspiration for a lot of the stuff for the good copy and it's quite good to remove myself a little bit i was sort of like what would penny would Penny like this? Would, it, it kind of takes the emotion out of it a little bit. Mm. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is, this feels right, or this looks good, and um, so I, I, I make the decisions on when we were setting up. I made the decisions on the way we looked, the way we presented ourselves. Like, I worked with our designers to create the whole identity and the idea around the shop, and I just worked with everybody involved in the business to kind of make sure that we were all kind of having input into it and yeah and I worked developing the school I worked even though I'm terrible at punctuation and grammar I, <laughs> I kind of worked with Penny to sort of bring it out of her and and to insert a lot of humor into it and a lightness to it and I kind of made I just I just try and make sure that everything like the website all the content I do the newsletter uh, I work with Sinead, who's another writer here. I'm doing our newsletter, The Gaz, The Gazette. It started as an internal thing, and now it's like goes to our subscriber base. Um, I now do do some commercial copywriting, um, which I like to contribute, yeah. be a part of, because I'm quite good at it. And But yeah, there is this sort of amorphous quality to it, and we're sort of stepping into this new... 
this new space has so much possibility and and so now I'm confronted with this this new kind of challenge to fill this in our own way. A new blank canvas. Yeah, totally. Blank um, page. Yeah, it's a new blank page and it has it has less limitations to it than the last place. Um so yeah, we're dealing with that. And I'm 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 really excited by it, but it is quite daunting as well. Yeah. Especially on three days a week. <laughs> That's what you do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well that was part of my initial deal was like Penny like, oh Max needs his time. Because I I do a lot of freelance work as well. So I had my two days a week to work on freelance plus weekends. And as you would know now with a child, those two days are not necessarily spent doing freelance work. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's sort of in, in flux as well now. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's a great balance that you've got there. It's pretty good. The three yeah. days is the magic, you know. But I, I think in some ways it, it could benefit from me being here a little bit more. Um, just because, just to keep my head in the game, yeah, and to keep you know a delivery guy turns up or some email lands in my inbox, it gets answered. Yeah, you know. Um, does that sort of explain what my role is here? Sort of. Yeah, it does. Yeah. 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 Well, Penny wrote this amazing um, manifesto, so to speak. It's just this document that I've I've got her to forward to nearly everybody who works here. Um, that she was just sort of setting out what her idea for the whole thing was. It was before we had a logo, it was before quite a few of the people who work here worked here and it has, you know, examples of stuff that she likes and things that she didn't like and what she was and what she wasn't. And, and I always go back to that. And, um, yeah, it's, a, it's really good. Um, but I sort of, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a conduit for that and I insert a lot of my own sensibility into it like I wanted it to look like a skateboard brand yeah um, I wanted to have that no bullshit kind of um, thing and it, and for it to be funny yeah because I think humor and is 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 a big part of w how we all get along and how we get through the day and we wanted it to be funny because if it wasn't funny then what, you know what's the point really it certainly yeah. makes things easier to learn when they're funny. Yeah, things are easy to learn and they're also easy to access. Um, and I feel like there's so much content and there's so much written stuff and there's so much to absorb that humour is a really good way to kind of cut through that mm. and kind of... Not to make light of what we're doing, but to make... To give humour its due you know, it's respect within this larger world, like not for it just to be a comedy site, not for it just to be a comedy thing, but to see, because we all just make jokes and it might, might change, but um, essentially all of, all of it was meant to feel kind of, kind of funny, kind of just like, like a, different to what we had done in the past and and just a, a new thing I suppose yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's really good can you 
I've got three questions for you as we just start to wrap up. Yeah. First one is, what's your, what's the favourite bit, what's your favourite punctuation or grammar rule that you've learnt since you've been here? <laughs> um, well, I do really like the parenthetical um, punctuation thing, which I didn't know before, which is pairs of commas and then and the, the hierarchy of it. And so if you have a sentence and you have like, I was sitting here drinking a coffee, getting interviewed. You can pull out that middle one, drinking a, drinking a coffee, yeah. and the, the sentence still makes sense. Mm. I was sitting here getting interviewed. And the commas are the right parenthetical kind of, you know, that, that's, but you could use dashes if you wanted. I was sitting here drinking a coffee, getting interviewed. And you could pull that out and make the same. Or you could have brackets. Yeah. And that, that whole idea of pulling it out and it still existing. And then that hierarchy of like commas is just like keeping the same level of conversation. Um, dashes, sort of a big pause, kind of draws attention to it. Right. Brackets is sort of like, whispering it like sitting drinking a coffee <laughs> like you weren't really meant to be doing that yeah. um, it's just different levels of volume mm. I really like that um, I really like the what I learned about um, punctuating around quotation marks because I write a lot of dialogue in my my writing um, it's a whole lot of stuff but um I have a pretty bad memory and I always forget. <laughs> we have exercises throughout the course and I'll do it when I'm teaching it and I'll often sort of get the same thing wrong <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. Um, we, we like to think of the, the course as, as kind of giving you a, 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 uh, installing an alarm system rather than, you know, equip, you, know you, you, you don't learn everything that you're told. But if you, if you hear something and it kind of sets off an alarm bell, like it's like, oh, you can, you've got the resources to go back to mm. and um, yeah that's what the, the course is all about mm. so you give people a little checklist or something like that or yeah well they're given notes and and um, we're working on an actual a book that we're going to to give people but um, they're given a, a whole lot of notes there's online resource material there's style guides we recommend um, there's style sheets you can build up for your own publication. Say if you've got a blog or a, you run a business, we, we help you do that, um, which will be a combination of different styles and rules and things depending on your audience and the way you like to communicate. And yeah. you know, I like the, the, we talk about idiom and usage and register, like the way, different ways we speak and who we're speaking to and sort of adopting kind of a mid-range register. Um, we sort of like compare it to how you dress, you know, like, like you're dressed quite casually, but you could probably go to a meeting or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You'd be fine at a barbecue, but you could also go and meet your mates at the, at the pub. You know, it's quite a <laughs> mid-range register how you dress. Yeah. And that's how we like to write. Yeah. Um, but not everyone likes to write like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um... Maybe this is a question more about yourself, or maybe it's about the good copy, but mm. you could answer it in both ways if you like. But what's this, this podcast is about subtle disruptors and people doing 
you know, purposeful, meaningful, under the radar, positively disruptive things. What's something you think about when you think about the future, when you think about, you know, I'd, I'd love to be involved in that kind of disruption later in my career or perhaps, you know, where the good copy might be able to influence things in the future as well? Mm. Well, I think um, a lot of our future is, is in, the, in doing our, our education and, and kind of bringing a new angle to, to education around writing and communication. Um, I feel like we can take this, this idea that we've built up around our classes um, to reintroduce people to basic nuts and bolts kind of writing and we can take that, we have a great base here, but we can also take that all over and take it into businesses and take it to different places and, and sort of open up that conversation and set that sort of alarm system <laughs> all over the world. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, but I also see our future as a publisher as well um, in, in all kinds of ways. But I think that we, we're really trying to harness or empower everyone who works with us to create something that they really want to do and like like how I've really created the identity of the good copy around what I think Penny really likes I really want to do something around what I really like and I think Sinead would really do something would do something amazing and you know Frunch has got his own amazing bag of tricks and Brody who works with us has her own publication she's already well on her way she does her own publication, Film for Tales, which we publish, and um, she's, you know, writing a book. She's travelling to America next year to interview people at South by Southwest. She's yeah. writing for all kinds of great publications. So I think harnessing and growing the talents of the people we're already working with, I think that's a way of just making them do what they want, helping them do what they want, rather than just sort of all focusing on this one thing. Like, we, I think it should be quite amorphous and should be growing in all different directions. And I think that from that, just doing what you want, just doing what they want, helping them do what they want, will help it disrupt or become something new that we don't even understand yet. Yeah. You know? Because I think, Collaboration is a really important part of creative work and we've actually set a quite a good ground, you know, we've done a lot of groundwork in, in terms of getting good relations going with each other and outside and, and now we have quite a good foundation to kind of grow whatever it is that we're good at. And like Kane, who works with us, is a writer, but he's also turned into a really good art director and he's... He's very passionate about it. He's, it makes him really happy, and that was that is something that I would not have expected him to to be into or be good at, um, like even a year ago. But he, <laughs> you know, he's he's growing in that way. Like he really enjoys that commercial aspect, and yeah. and so we're kind of helping him become more and more a part of that. And you know, I think I think from giving people that collaboration and that that you know that extra kind of push will bloom all these things that will change the way that we see this business and other people will sort of see 
whatever they're connected to. Yeah. But not very consciously, I think it'll just sort of happen. Yeah. Probably because it's coming from such an authentic place mm. in who particularly the three of you are. And Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and it's, it, it's not to be discounted as the role that Frunch um, plays because he is the managing director and he, he makes it all possible financially and he pushes it out in a commercial sense and he, he has a great talent for identifying possibilities, commercial possibilities and he has a bit of a, a passion for communication with clients and like identifying things and sort of he runs the rooftop cinema, he has this, he has, he, he's really good at that stuff and that's stuff that I, I don't like, I don't, I, I kind of, I am getting more of an understanding of it but it's something I've always shied away from and if, so if he wasn't doing it, we wouldn't have any money. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing, like, it's an amazing part of it that it, it allows us to do it and, and that he, that he lets us do this stuff is awesome too. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there is a great, yeah, he does give us a lot of freedom. Yeah. Um, yeah, so have I gone off on a tangent now? I don't know. No, I think you've answered it really well. It, it sounds like, for me, that sounds like a workplace that's evolving more and more. Mm. Um, and it's very different to the workplaces I was involved with, mm. um, particularly in more corporate environments. But, you know, some of the things you were saying about it's sort of like you're giving people space to explore the things that they think are cool and they're curious about mm. because you've got a hunch that in doing that something quite interesting and unique will come up mm. and the business will find a way to uh, I guess you know make that commercially viable but it'll make the business a more interesting place as well yeah yeah because I think that you it you know occasionally it might not work out like occasionally you might, you might spend a bunch of money on something and it, you'd lose money. And I guess that's what you want to sort of minimize. But I feel like if you, the structure we have where it is coming, you know, we, we're in the black, you know, like it's not, it's not coming from a place where like we're, we're risking everything on every, every little thing that we do. And things can start small and they don't necessarily have to be a massive risk. And also with all of our input, they could be, these ideas can kind of be pushed in a way that becomes financially viable and, you know, and can be scalable and, and without losing their integrity. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So I think, I think it is a, it came from a really kind of, it came from some frustration and it also came from the situation we were in. Uh, it also came from like quite an idealistic kind of, you know, moment of clarity in Penny, like this manifesto that she wrote. Um, and now it's our, it's our job to sort of, to keep fostering that and, and from moving into this new space is a big part of that too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like, it, and, and it is good to get that like step back a little bit and go, wow, we have really done quite a bit in the last couple of years. and. We've built quite a community, a good community around us and stuff, and yeah, we're in the black. And yeah. yeah, it's great. It is great. Yeah, yeah, it sounds. I'm excited to hear more about your journey, actually. Mm. Um, one final question: mm. 
you know, some of the people that are maybe listening into this might be on, they'll be on various stages of the journey, but mm. what's one thing, that, one subtle thing you can suggest people start doing in their own life to move them along in this direction of being a subtle disruptor, if you like, or you know, doing purpose-led or meaningful uh, work? Mm. Well, I guess I, I looked into a little into the, the concept of disrupting, and it, it seems just sort of creating new ways. Um, I feel like consciously creating a new way to do anything is can be kind of counterproductive. I don't know. I, I, I just I, I think that it's just really important to do what you like doing and what and what you understand if you can. And if you can do it in your work, that's great. And if you if you can do it in your spare time, that's great. And it will morph into what you do in your work, maybe, or maybe if never morphs into what you do with your work that's fine too because work sucks a lot of the time and it's good to have a balance in your life Um, but I really trust that the better you that the older you get and the more experience you get the more understanding you have of what you're good at and what you like doing and what you understand and you'll just get better at it and you everything you do will be sort of informed by this understanding of what you what you like and what you think is right and so you'll just you'll just keep moving towards that you'll just you'll just it'll all naturally happen if you're doing what you think is right and uh, it sounds quite idealistic and stuff but you've got to pay the rent and everything but if you're doing what's right it will naturally occur you just have to recognise like, good opportunities and and hopefully work with or, or spend time with people who you get a good energy from, I think. Um, try, and make, try and make time to spend with people who you get a good energy from, as well as spending time on your own and just working on your, your own stuff. Um, I honestly don't know the answer, though. I honestly have no idea. I'm terrified most of the time. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do find it fulfilling when I know, I know that as a writing is something that I evolved into. I, I've done quite a few things over the years, but I was always good at writing. Like I was always good at writing when I was at, at primary school and things. I could always make people laugh and stuff with my writing. Um, and I always loved, you know, photography and making films and communication, basically. And writing is just a good way of doing that and and so I've just kind of let that evolve over the years and people like Penny have helped me realise that and get better at it and I'm getting better at it still and hopefully I'll keep getting better at it and yeah that's it it's great (laughs) hey thanks for listening to this episode of Subtle Disruptors I hope you got something out of it I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show, including any suggestions you have for guests. You can get me on email through adam at subtledisruptors.com. And if you enjoyed listening and would like to be part of getting the word out about the Subtle Disruptors of Melbourne, a great way to do this is through jumping into iTunes and rating and reviewing this podcast. I'm Adam Murray, 
and I look forward to hearing about your own subtle disruption. Bye for now.